Hello, and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. I am Melinda. And this is a travel podcast for the adventuresome. Ooh, that makes it sound fancy. I like it. It almost sounds like I rehearsed that but I didn't, as far as you know. Just kidding. She spent like all day trying to figure out what to say to make herself sound smart. I say that in the mirror as I brush my hair a hundred strokes every morning. We are a travel podcast for the timid. No, we are that a travel sound podcast right. for the bold. We are Ooh. a travel podcast. Oh, yeah, see? Huh? Uh, Maybe uh, I should brush my hair a hundred times every morning so I can brainstorm. Who needs, like, shower inspiration when you have hair brushing inspiration? <laughs> so, let's see. Let's dive right in. Do you have a cocktail this week? I sort of do. Um, though I'm kind of sad about my choice. I have strawberry soda because Ooh. I'm five, apparently. <laughs> but, um it's it's not a good brand i'm slightly sad so you're saying it's not jones it's not jones no but strawberry just soda just makes me think of my childhood and being at my grandma's house because i feel like there was always strawberry soda there for some reason it makes me think of soccer okay it's a long story just know that i once drank a strawberry soda before a soccer game and now that is my permanent mental association just one time versus like my childhood yep okay <laughs> your story might outweigh mine a little bit you think it has a little bit more depth a little bit of ooh and ah <laughs> a little bit more pizzazz yeah like cheetos and strawberry soda that kind of makes me think of my grandma that does not sound like a good mix i don't know if it was together but like these were like certain things that like she always seemed to have at the house <laughs> So, not great? Is that the verdict? This brand is not great, so I might need a redo later because it's, like, it's making little me really sad. (laughs) And for context, she does not mean when she was a child. She just currently is little me. I'm sort of tall. I might be shrinking, though. Moving on, what's your (laughs) cocktail? I am going back to our roots of bad canned cocktails, like actual cocktails, and I have a premium caparina. So... Let's see how good this is. It's got a little shrimp on the label. Why? I I don't know. Yeah, concerning. Didn't I have a cappuccino on the show? That was like the daintiest sip I've ever seen. It's light on the citrus. It should be more citrusy than this is. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's 10% alcohol, so who, I mean, what is there to not like? You know, like five gulps in and who cares? (laughs) This episode's gonna get real loosey-goosey, so buckle in remember how like we were actually having alcohol for this and like everything like there was words and coherent sentences well all that's gone now kids no more coherency (laughs) read between the lines when i start slurring that's when we know that a good time has been had or when you hear like the weird like like gap in the recording when you know there was a break that you just couldn't make pretty that's sarah That's because of Sarah. How's that? I mean, it seems fair to me. So, do you have an update for this week? I do have an update. Today is bed delivery day. I'm so excited getting a new bed. I'm excited for you. I'm jealous, but I'm excited for you. I just, I hate the old bed so much. It's so hard. I hate it. (laughs) I'm so glad it's going away. (laughs) Like, set it on fire. I hate it so much. Well... That's good that you're getting a bed today before you go all left eye on someone and burn their house down. I guess that was the bathtub, not the bed that she burned. How do you burn a bathtub? I think she dumped his tennis shoes in there and lit the fire. Oh, shit. She was like the badass of that group, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which, um, 
you know, if if you're a, a younger listener that wasn't around for the height of the 90s music scene, we're talking about the female group TLC, aka the best band. I was obsessed with them when I was a Don't kid. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please, Please stick, stick to, to the, the rivers, rivers and... and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> I know that you're going to have it your way or nothing at all, but I think you're moving too fast. My friend and I, in the fifth grade, were going to contrive a lip sync contest in our neighborhood. And we told everyone there's going to be prizes and the winner's going to win $100. Literally none of this was true. We just wanted to do it. So we had an excuse to do a lip sync to Waterfalls. Hell yeah. And then nobody showed up but us. So we won and our imaginary still, like, $100. rocking around. <laughs> ah, youth. Ah, yes. What's your news update? New lip Uh, lip sync battle at work? No, sadly no lip sync battle. Uh, My update is uh, not super exciting. I had to take the pets to their vet appointments this week. And it was very stressful because I'm always waiting for the vet to be like, what have you done to these animals? Like, they're fine. Obviously, they're fine. But I'm always like, what if something's wrong with them and I didn't notice? And so I spend the whole appointment like, oh, 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 what does that mean? Did you find something? Is there something wrong? Oh my God, what is wrong? But uh, they didn't find anything besides the fact that my my cat is very, very old. And she is apparently, uh, obviously very, very old. The doctor took one look at her and went, how old did you say she was? 16-ish? Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> poor baby. <laughs> Shit, old lady. Oh, other than that, there is an exciting update, and that is that the Seattle Sounders won the MLS Cup, and I'm so excited. You know, it was really sad when they kept zooming in on, like, the one Toronto fan just, like, (laughs) by himself in the stands looking really sad, but he also had a Sounders scarf on underneath, Mm -hmm. but he just looked so sad. Oh, poor guy. So sad. I felt bad for him. It's like, hey, man, you got second place. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, well, it was such a stressful match to watch because... On the one hand, it seemed pretty evident they would win. But on the other hand, it's soccer. Literally anything could happen at any moment. But I'd like to point out, not only did I call that we would win 3-1, to one, but I also called who the subs would be. And it was amazing. I'm psychic. Soccer is wonderful. And all is right in the world when the Sounders win. Congratulations to most of our uh, professional sports teams that can figure out how to get to the finals and potentially win. Unlike the baseball team. <laughs> Womp womp. I saw a meme recently of a hydra with three heads. One, two of the heads look really tough. And it's got the Seahawks logo over one, the Sounders over the other. And the third hydra head is just kind of looking a little wall-eyed and not quite all the way there. Like Ed the Hyena? (laughs) Yeah, basically. Lion King? Yeah. And it's got the Mariners logo over it. I'm like, wow, that hurts, but it's true. My favorite moment from the whole thing was during the parade when one of the announcers was talking about, well, the Seahawks are doing really well, the Sounders are doing really well, and the Mariners have not really been successful this millennium. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, he paused, like he was looking Ouch. for the right word. He's like, nope, nope, millennium. This millennium. Yeah, and then we're going to get our professional hockey team, and like it's still going to be the Mariners like dragging that anchor. Yeah. But anyway, soccer is fun. And everyone should know. Well, let's get to the news. But first, I do want to mention that this is a food travel episode this week. Because it kind of ties into my news story, but like not quite travel, but kind of funny. It's food. Just go with me here. Question mark? I thought it was amusing. It's not entirely travel related. 
Unless you're one of the, like the the people that they're marketing to. Okay. Okay. So the headline is Hidden Valley is selling a Christmas stocking filled with 52 ounces of ranch dressing. <laughs> So, okay. We've all seen it on Facebook. People are like apeshit with their ranch dressing on everything. So, I guess if you're one of these diehard ranch people, you'd probably find a way to travel with it. There's my tie in. Okay. Let's talk okay. about this. Let's That's talk tenuous, about this. But continue. Shh. I just want to talk about ranch. <laughs> I think that's our episode title. I just want to talk about ranch. Hell yeah. Okay. So, um, in 2017, Hidden Valley, the brand, uh, launched a merch site for all those crazy ranch dressing lovers. Mm-hmm. And it's been doing really, really good. So how else can you make this better by, in the summertime, getting into some summer gear, which was pretty successful. So if your seasonal summer stuff does really well, what should automatically come next for you? Holiday stuff. Yep. Damn right. So, for the low, low, low cost of $35 plus tax, okay, not super low, you can get your very own, it's 15 inches by 7 inches, and it's a plastic stocking, and it's filled with 52 ounces of Hidden Valley Original Ranch, and it has a functional little pour spout at the toe. (laughs) So you can, like, hang this on your chimney and just put, like, ranch on everything when you cruise by. So it's basically like a ranch gravity bong. Yeah, but plastic. Oh, okay. Just checking. It's it's like a, a big, like, plastic flask. Or like a ranch <laughs> IV bag? Yeah, but sh- stocking-shaped with, like, it has little <laughs> bottles of ranch and trees and pizza. It looks like it's refillable, too, from the picture. Now I'm just picturing, like, a hospital ward switching over to stocking-shaped IV bags for the holidays. They gotta fucking mainline that stuff. Let's go. <laughs> but if that's not enough ranch for you um they have onesies they have blankets they have pillows my favorite thing that they have are holiday sweaters so there's a a holiday red so they're like the ugly sweater designs Mm -hmm. you know um there's the green snowflake or because they're inclusive there's hanukkah blue which is really funny because it's a menorah and instead of candles they're little bottles of hidden valley ranch So they want to cover all of their blasphemy at once. Yeah, ranch is a universal love. It doesn't care who or what you look like. It's for every, ranch is for the people. Ranch is for everyone. Yeah, if you are from a place that doesn't have ranch dressing and this all sounds like nonsense to you, ranch dressing is a salad dressing similar to, but not quite the same as yogurt dressing. So it's sour cream based. It's got chives. It's got herbs. It's kind of hard to describe, but Americans go ape shit for it. Yeah, there's holiday greeting cards too. It's kind of funny. Yeah, if you have cool American Doritos, it's sort of like that flavor. Because in the US, it's called ranch. It's cool ranch Doritos. But Hidden Valley Ranch tastes better than those Doritos. This is true. Yeah. But yeah, for your ranch-loving traveler, you can get them a ranch sweater for the Christmas or Hanukkah. (laughs) Which also functions as like a warning label. If you see someone wearing one of these in public, just, you know, give them a little space. They're they're going through something. A very deep, deep love for ranch. Ranch might be like America's Nutella. But very different use uses. <laughs> you don't put it on toast? You're not going to get a ranch croissant. Okay, you say that, but I'm sure somebody's like doing it. Uh, I went through a phase in junior high where I got pizza for lunch almost every day and dipped it in ranch, which is a very Midwestern thing. I know lots of people do it, but it's very Midwestern. And uh, it got so bad in our cafeteria that so many 
kids were going through so much ranch every day that they started charging for it. We used to dip our fries in ranch. I don't know if I ever did fries, but I know that basically if it was there, it went into ranch. And now we've said it so many times, it sounds funny. Ranch. I just, I just want to talk about ranch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's some solid gift ideas right there for you. Free of charge. Mm, Ranch stocking IV. Yeah. Who needs uh, cookies and milk when you can have ranch and carrot or pizza and ranch? Fries and ranch. I guess salad too. I mean. Ew. Oh, okay. But yeah. (laughs) That is your news for the week. So, but actually I have two travel tie-ins with that exact story. One. If you get the ranch stocking, don't put it in your carry-on. No, it's too big. Somebody's going to try that. I guarantee you someone will try to put it through security. It's 52 ounces and it's plastic. So A, it's way too much liquid. And B, I feel like if it gets pressurized, it might like explode in your suitcase. Ranch explosion. Gross. And the other other travel tie-in See, she's drunk already, you guys. Off those three baby sips. Yeah. The other travel tie-in is that maybe two weeks ago, Pack Hacker, which is a website that reviews travel backpacks and travel equipment and gear and all of that, the founder of the website posted on Instagram a picture of himself in a Hidden Valley Ranch t-shirt, and it was a poll. Is this the best t-shirt in the world or the very best t-shirt in the world? And I did not know people who love ranch so much existed. Like, I know people like ranch, but not put it on a t-shirt levels of love, but apparently there's a market for Christmas sweaters, so I am very wrong. Yes. Yes, you are. You heard it here first, kids. Pencil it into the calendar. It's the very first time I've ever been wrong. I'm pretty sure you've already admitted to being wrong before on this podcast, so... Mm. I would check the tape. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, so let's actually talk about today's episode. It is food that is worth traveling for. Or like, if you're going here, like, this is what you need to get, because it's delightful. Yes. And so we've got some stuff that Melinda and I have tried, and we'll, like, if you say, hey, I'm going to this location, we will take you by the shoulder, shake you, and say, you must try these foods. Or something slightly less dramatic. Ooh, okay. (laughs) And we've also got- (laughs) I just want to talk about food. Like, stop, no more. Okay. Food that we can vouch for. (laughs) Food that we can vouch for. Starting off, we can vouch for ramen in Japan. Holy moly. Like, I know people know ramen is good. Ramen is good. It's what's not to like. It's noodles, it's meat, it's egg, it's delicious. But ramen in Japan is next level, mind-blowing delicious. There's so much depth to, like, the broth that... It's amazing. I miss it already. Yeah, ramen might be one of the world's most perfect foods. It's perfect. Yeah, you're welcome, world. Uh, Food of my people. And I know a lot of people think, oh, ramen, they think of instant noodles and like the super salty, like cheeky. Packet of seasoning. Yeah, that's not to say that there aren't variations of that that are really, really good, but there is nothing compared to getting a fresh bowl of ramen made to order. Oh, I just, honestly, if someone said you must pick one food to eat for the rest of your life and ramen was on the list I could pick from, I'd be pretty okay with that. I'd get really chunky really fast because I'd be eating it three times a day but I'd be happy because it's ramen it's magical it's comforting it's delicious I mean get the sushi if you go to Japan too because that's pretty bomb too yeah I feel like when people think of Japan they jump right to sushi like which is an obvious connection to make and sushi is delicious and wonderful but ramen oh that quail egg roll oh that one was really good was good but But ramen no really go check out a ramen place you will not be sad there's so many 
different varieties of it. So just if you're going to eat your way through Japan, eat ramen. Eat lots of different varieties of ramen. If the soft boiled egg is extra, spring for it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Trust us. Yeah. Ramen. So if you are uninitiated in the world of ramen, it's a really, really like flavorful broth, thin squiggly noodles, vegetables on top as garnish. Sometimes there's a soft boiled egg. Sometimes there's slices of meats or fish or tofu. And so there's just endless combinations of those things. You can have it spicy. You can have it not spicy. Just try a variety. They're delicious. And it's especially good on a cold night. Just, oh, the warming and the, oh. It's like a cozy hug of a food. Japan's chicken noodle soup, if you will, maybe. Yeah. I feel like every country has their own something noodle soup. And they're all worth trying because noodle soup is amazing. Mm, Noodle soup. And another good thing to try when you're out in the world um, is steak. I mean, fresh pasta is probably like the the go-to for Italy, but uh, steak, if you go to one of like the really great restaurants or just a basic pizza, that may sound a little contradictive of what you think you should get in pizza. You think you should get the cheese and everything, but a good pizza is defined by its sauce and its crust, its dough. So found a really great um, restaurant in... Florence and their big thing was how they did their steaks and they only cooked it a certain way where there was a lot of pink and it's like don't even ask us to cook it more we'll tell you to go because they knew what they were doing and it was that was the moment that I realized that I like steak I just don't like it super cooked yeah I think a lot of people cook steak into oblivion and that takes out all the flavor it makes it hard it makes it like harder to chew it's the it's just not good no you need a lot of pink in there trust the experts of Italy they know what they're doing uh, and i had excuse me i've been to italy a couple times now and i've eaten a variety of different pastas but one i had in la spezia was just like pasta was always something i liked like it's good it's fine pasta is fine and then i had real spaghetti in italy with i don't remember what sauce it was but it it wasn't a carbonara but it had bacon and bacon fat in the sauce and i walked away going oh that is what pasta should taste like that is the real deal there is definitely a difference between fresh pasta and then like you know Mm -hmm. your dried pasta so it's definitely worth checking out it's it's different it has a different texture it's amazing Mm -hmm. and that's like the land of pasta right there if you go to italy one land of pasta i guess a lot of people have noodles huh lots of well but noodles and pasta are two different things true but if you want like real real pasta most but not all of those varieties do come from italy they started it yeah they take their food very seriously it's pretty hard to go wrong when you live in a culture where food is as regimented as it is there yes it's a big dining culture so like they know what they're doing which is kind of funny because i think like when you think of like high fancy uh chefs you always think french but i think Mm -hmm. there's something very very understated about the italian ways of cooking and their method and sometimes the most simple is the hardest thing to do and they nail it yeah plus i think when americans sometimes think of italian food they think the olive garden direction where it's nope heavy on cream heavy on cheese like that's where the source of the flavor comes from but i think italian cuisine and someone is going to yell at me for this tends to be more greens more pastas more unadulterated flavors they're not just going to go okay well the pasta tastes okay so let's put a ton of cream sauce on it to make it seem better more cheese the pasta itself is just going to taste better yeah it wasn't actually that hard to navigate foods in italy 
being lactose intolerant. But damn, I love me some gelato. <laughs> the gelato does not love me, but I love the gelato. Gelato. That's another thing in Italy. Get the I'm going steak, to Italy. Get Bye. The pasta, get the gelato. <laughs> Those are the main food groups, right? Yeah. Yep. I think so. Another food item that is very, very worth traveling for is bibimbap in Korea. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, Korean barbecue is, a, I think, another thing that jumps right out at people. Like, oh, if you're going to Korea, Korean barbecue. And Korean barbecue is very, very good. But bibimbap, oh, so yummy. It's, I think it falls into a similar category as ramen, where it's kind of a comfort food. So it's a dish where, depending on the place, you may get to pick what ingredients you want in there. So it'll have a rice, it'll have a meat, usually bulgogi or something similar. Um, it'll have vegetables. And the place that I really love to go served it all in a stone bowl that's heated. So the whole thing is sizzling and warm and oh, delicious. Koreans know their beef topping type stuff. Like Korean barbecue is very good. Bulgogi is very good. Mm, kimchi is very good. Kimchi is also really good. Oh, I'd go for kimchi alone. Remember when we got the, like the kimchi, kimchi. hanbao? Mm-hmm, the kimchi buns. Oh. I guess it wouldn't actually be hanbao because that's Chinese. Yep, but, but it's a similar I mean, concept. Yeah. Oh it's my a god, stuffed that bun. was amazing. Yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I know I've told people this before, but the Korean Space Association, when they were working, or administration, that makes more sense. The Korean Space Administration. <laughs> That's so the fan club. Like a club. The administration is a real thing. <laughs> um, when they were preparing to send their first astronaut to the the International Space Station, there was a delay in sending them up because they wanted to create and formulate a kimchi that was space stable because uh, it's so integral to the Korean culture that going up there for a length of time and not having access to it was not considered acceptable, according to the article that I read on the topic. So gosh, it was several million dollars spent researching how to make the perfect kimchi to eat in space because eating in space has its own technical difficulties associated with it. You can't have liquids flying around. It can't stink up the station. It can't, it has to stay stable in the containers, all of that. But they did it. They devised their own kimchi for space and then their astronaut got to go and enjoy their kimchi the whole time. Okay, can I buy space kimchi though? Because that sounds amazing. Probably. Like you can get like space ice cream bars or astronaut ice cream bars. <laughs> Can I have, we could have a whole like, space astronaut meal. kimchi? Mm. I'm just like picturing like floating around and like chomping at, like floaty <laughs> bits of kimchi in the air. Like, yes. I yes, wonder if I they like thought this. about putting it in a bun as a solution because that eliminates some of the problems that they could have with it floating free. And it's delightful. Mm, kimchi. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with kimchi, it is a cabbage that's been fermented with spices and it, garlic. And garlic. And it can run the gamut from fairly mild to very spicy. And it's so tangy and delicious. It's like Korean sauerkraut. Which but it's more flavorful. But spicy. Yeah. yeah. And it actually has a lot of like natural probiotics to it, apparently like any of the refrigerated stuff that you can buy at grocery stores it's uh good for your guts yeah and i vaguely remember that being one of the concerns is that if the average korean person eats a ton of kimchi and they have those probiotics constantly introduced to their system if a person goes to space and no longer has those that's not really good for their health hmm. you're not supposed to just cut those off for six months if you've always had them yeah uh 
Dear Korea, please market the space kimchi because I want to try it now. Mm, have it somewhere so where if like if I go back, I can have space kimchi. Speaking about things that are awesome and kind of in a bun, uh, <laughs> one of the favorite things that we kept getting while in London was meat pies. Finest meat pies in London. Yeah, without people in it. <laughs> Uh, which was it's probably the weirdest thing uh we were near the saint pancras train station Mm -hmm. and inside there was like the best little meat pie stand and that's one of those like oh we should get something to eat and it's like meat pies let's go yeah and it was one of those things that we were kind of like meat pies why not and then every day after that we're like hey hey you want to get some meat pies should, should we should we get because another they fix? Were so good <laughs> no idea what the name of that place was but it was inside and it was so good i don't know but i have now eaten those meat pies on two other occasions at from that exact stand oh i'm so jealous <laughs> and lots and lots of countries have their own variation of the meat pie generally speaking countries that were once ruled by the uk also have meat pies go figure i had some really really amazing ones in new zealand there's a restaurant it's a chain i don't know if it still exists anymore i know that they tried to expand to the u.s and their chains there all failed but it's called pie face and their meat pies are actually made in little pie tins and every pie has a different face on it and the different faces indicate what the fillings are oh so good i mean meat pies are just smart it's a good vehicle for your food and they're usually really good because it's it's warm it has everything in one wrapped up little you know vessel for food yeah essentially the filling is a more dry stew stew good pastry good meat pie good yeah highly recommend if you're somewhere where there's meat pies try them you probably Mm -hmm. won't be sad like whatsoever but if you're also in london near the saint pancras uh train station go find that meat pie shop they're brilliant and so the standard pies the recipes that people have been making for years and years and years centuries however long those are good but what's really good is when they take the classic meat pie form and they get a little fusiony so i have now had the curry meat pie and that was amazing i also had a mexican inspired meat pie where it had sort of more spicy hispanic flavorings like sort of taco-y seasoning and those were really good too so bringing the two things together oh amazing so don't be afraid to try something that seems a little non-traditional you probably won't be sad another interesting this isn't so much a specific food as it is a store i come with me for a minute as i tell you about the wonderful world of dutch vending machine restaurants yes so (laughs) essentially a dutch vending machine restaurant there's a couple different chains of them and i can never remember what they're called but you will see them they're at train stations they're at tourist areas they're all over amsterdam where picture essentially like a bank of safe deposit boxes you see the little drawers all over the wall except these have windows through them so you can see what's on the inside and like a locker you just drop coins in you open your drawer you reach in you grab a snack so you can see what you're getting but not a lot of detail just what it looks like they have names but if you don't know what the names mean um that might not be super helpful but it's all it tends to be fried food so like there's one called a kip corn which is basically a chicken nugget in the shape of a hot dog that has been breaded with cornflakes and fried it was good it was really good and there's just 
all kinds of things. Like there's one that's like a pocket full of noodles that's been fried. Or, I mean, there's croquettes, which are like mashed potatoes that have been shaped into a little log and fried. You name it. The Dutch people have very ingeniously found a way to fry it. Is it the world's best food? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Is it the healthiest food? No. But is it like visiting a state fair? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's good. Like I would not live off of this, but you definitely need to try it at least once. Yeah. I mean, you can get an entire hamburger from one of these little drawers. Y- you name it, they've got it in there and it's inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And you it's can good quality food. Yeah. I mean, you can make a meal out of the change in your pocket and it's a little extra dose of adventure because if you don't know what those things are, who knows what you're getting. <laughs> it's an adventure. Yeah. And I think it's a very different experience and that's the whole allure of it. But it's not often you find yourself in a bank full of heating drawers and you just start grabbing stuff unless you're Dutch and then maybe you do don't just steal stuff (laughs) but yeah it's great fun I highly recommend it yep um another good one is something we got in Germany when my sister was with us it's Flammkuchen ah so yummy which according to lore aka this is what Sarah told me and I'm hoping it's true was what was it when they're testing ovens for Mm -hmm. like oven repairs they would put like a piece of bread in there to make sure that it would you know cook properly as it should at whatever temperature and then what is it ham Mm-hmm. and like a sour cream sauce mm-hmm. and cheese was that it no cheese uh there's no. onion that's the other onion that's what it is yeah so they would put that on top of the bread and you know might as well make a meal out of it so it's yes. like a weird pizza of deliciousness and basically they were just testing they're demonstrating see now the oven heats evenly and we can tell that because it's cooking this really really thin piece of dough evenly and There's some debate over whether or not this is a German food or a French food because it comes from a region that has mm, forcefully changed hands a few times. So both countries lay claim to it, but it's probably French if we're being honest with ourselves. But it's savory, it's delicious, it's super easy to make, and it's great if you're the type of person who likes really like crispy, thin crust pizza because it's got that nice crack to it. Oh, so delicious. Again, sometimes the best foods are the simple ones. Something so simple makes a pretty damn good meal mm-hmm. and i'm not even big on onions and i freaking love this yeah it's just it's so it's different and i think that's what's nice is that pizza tends to be the same thing you can put different toppings on it but it's you know crust uh tomato sauce cheese and this is just a little change of pace that's really savory and delicious and another food that is absolutely worth traveling for is paella from Spain. Oh, have you had paella before? Yep, but not in Spain. I did not know I would be having paella in Spain. On our company trip the first year I worked there, we went on this long hike and then they led us into this little like hippie commune and they had like a row of vendors selling trinkets and stuff. And at the end was a paella dish, which is sort of wok shaped, not quite as steep on the edges as a wok is, but there's a special similar. pan for it. Yeah, it's a, it has that's how big of a pan. deal this is and this dish is easily six feet across so they are making a gigantic paella and we just sat there so paella is rice and seafood and like a variety of different vegetables and seasonings and they're just making this gigantic thing honestly i think i could have laid down in the middle of the pan and not touched the sides not that i would have because it was hot and, full and that's of food. gross <laughs> But yeah, you're just watching them throw in prawns that are the size of my hand and clams and mussels and octopus and oh. It's like the whole cast of Little Mermaid and rice. Except for Flounder. Yeah. He got away, little bastard. <laughs> Next time. It's so good. It's so <laughs> He's good. He's our Moby Dick. <laughs> 
I will chase that fish for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> but, and I think part of why I think this is a food worth traveling for is because that experience was really incredible. Watching local people make a dish that their community is known for in a gigantic quantity over an, an actual fire outdoors. But holy moly, the flavor just blew me away. It was really delicious. Plus, octopus is nummy. Always. Yeah, paella is really good. I mean, maybe you can't make it to Spain right now, but give it a shot here if you can find some place that makes it. It's good. Yeah, that's a bad point. While we think these are all foods worth traveling for, that doesn't mean you can't find something closer to home that kind of scratches that itch. Except the vending machines, the the Dutch like vending machines. We don't really have anything similar to how they do that here. That's true. Which is kind of disappointing. You would think we would have that because it's so quick and easy easy and we're all about food and interactions that don't actually involve talking to another human yeah but i just like i don't know i don't like buffets or anything here because like other people are gross so (laughs) i don't know if i would trust it here so maybe that's why it's best kept in the netherlands well the thing about these ones is that there's only one item in the drawer so once you take yours out they have to go restock it well and you have to take your item don't touch it and put it back or else yeah that would be gross don't do that so our next topic is foods that we have not yet had in the places that they are from, but are really excited to do someday. Are we? I am. Yeah, okay. So the number one on my list of this list, I'm sure I can make a list of 100 different food items that I want, um, but I really, really want to try Nashville-style hot chicken, if you are unaware of what that is. So there's like chicken wings or chicken strips or whatever that are spicy, but Nashville-style is, it can range from spicy to you have to sign a waiver before you eat this, and nice. I want to sign that waiver. I want the spicy chicken. You know if it's spicy going in. That's okay. It's an experience. Okay. <laughs> Of a burning ring of fire? Yeah. Okay. There Good was luck an, with that. There was a place in LA that sold Nashville style chicken, and I did not know about it until after I moved out. But their line is ridiculous. The kind of line for a restaurant where, like, they'll run out of food before the line is over for the day. Yikes. Ugh. I like spicy foods. Um, I think one of the things that I'm wanting to do is probably get, like, real Creole food in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of my top ones because I want to go to New Orleans. Not for, like, the whole Mardi Gras thing. Like, I don't need to be perpetually drunk. Or topless. Or topless, yeah. That's cool. I don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> mostly for the food and the culture and uh, to go see Madame, what was it, La Lurie? Her mansion where she, uh, she's a bad lady. She's a bad lady. Okay. But I feel like there's a lot of haunted stuff in New Orleans and like I want to go see that too and eat the food. Is Maybe there, a daiquiri though? or two. But like not during like hurricane season or something. Mm. I would really like to get beignets in New Orleans. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Cafe du Mont is the big mm-hmm. one that's famous for them. You can buy the mix and stuff and my mom has and she's made them. They're good. But like let's do it there. <laughs> Another one that I'm really excited to try, and I should get the opportunity soon in the near future, and that's Hawaiian poke. I know I've had Mm. poke like in a million different places, but it's Hawaiian, and I want to try it in Hawaii. You should also get poi. Mm, Yes, that too. The weird pasty. Mm. Oh my gosh, Kahlua pork. (laughs) I need to go to Hawaii. My mom has family there too, and we've never been. Okay, that's a lie. She's been. I have not. (laughs) Hell, my sister's even gone. Wow. I know. And for little Melinda. Someday. Mm. Honestly, if you give me a bowl of raw fish, I'm 
probably pretty happy, assuming it's prepared. Not just like a dead fish. Here's in a bowl. your fish. <laughs> Yeah. slap eat it like basically Smeagol. i want to go everywhere and eat everything like what's your what's your like claim to fame dish let's try that mm-hmm. let's go well speaking of claim to fame dishes i reached out so i work at a very international company and so i just put out some feelers today I said can you tell me a dish that your country or your town or your city is famous for and that if someone were to come visit you you would say you are not leaving until you eat this you are not allowed to leave until this is in your face hole. Basically, this is like lazy research right here. But good lazy research. Uh, well, I mean, when you work with people from, I think, 90 different countries? No, that seems too high. 70, give or take? All of them? All of them from every All single the country. Countries. You're like the uh, UN, but like less un Yeah. I don't sure. know what that means. <laughs> But not actively doing anything. We don't so legislate. You are the UN? Just yes. Uh anyways. So um from her Rainbow Coalition of Coworkers, Sarah's comprised a list, and my favorite one is probably the one from the Canadian. <laughs> so his name is Mike, and Canadians, you might need to have a word with your boy because he said, and I quote, Poutine is not worth traveling for. Poutine is good though. Like they're on to something with that. Who doesn't <laughs> want fries with gravy and cheese curds well and i just love that i was like hey guys what kind of things do you like from your country and he goes not poutine <laughs> like okay somebody's a little angry at gravy <laughs> but instead oh that does make sense though mike is a very very active like athletic guy so maybe gravy just doesn't jibe with that <laughs> Okay, poutine's a really fatty dish, and his recommendation is not much better. This is true. Uh, He offered instead that you should get an apple fritter from Tim Hortons, whereas some people call it Timmy's. Timbits. It's still like mm, Pee Wee Hockey Team sponsor. Timbits. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a fan of apple fritters. I've gone to Tim Hortons and they're pretty good. I'm just not a super big donut fan too, so. Canadians, you know how to find her. She's on Twitter at Hooligan Monster. <laughs> Dude, I love Canada. Are you kidding me? I love Canadians. I love Canada. I love hockey. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's talk hockey. Get so, ready to get your asses kicked, Vancouver. We're getting a pro team. Yeah, good luck with that getting a team does not equate to winning yeah but we could probably kick vancouver's asses so it's cool (laughs) the golden nuggets had a stellar first year so i have high hopes if we do it right okay is this how it feels when i talk about soccer i i don't know who the golden nuggets are i am aware vancouver has a team golden nuggets they're golden knights and it's las vegas they were the more recent um, city to get a hockey team. Oh, gosh. Have you heard about their soccer team? They're uh, eccentric. Let's put it that way. They occasionally have a helicopter fly over their matches and just dump out money. The f- <laughs> Why don't we go? <laughs> because we then you have to admit to that eat. we went to a Las Vegas Lights game. What? Uh, when you think of how classy Las Vegas is, it's basically that embodied in a soccer team. They should be like the Las Vegas Little Chapels. Uh, the Las Vegas Elvis impersonators. Their whole thing is Las Vegas neon sign themed. Oh, shit. Oh, God. And their crest is shaped like, you know those diamond-shaped motel keys that they used to have? Like the, the plastic keychain? Yeah. Yeah. 
so their logo is a cheesy, cheap motel key. Thank God they did way better for uh, the Golden Knights. Sorry, I call them the Golden Nuggets, but the Golden Knights. Moving on, um, our next recommendation that we want to talk about from Sarah's Lazy Research was another delight from Germany, from the Bavaria region of the country, and it is pig scapula. Or in German... Schoifella. So Which it sounds is, way more delightful. Well, the thing about Germans is that they just call the food what it is. So if you're ordering pork, they say it's pig. If you're ordering beef, they say it's a cow. It's Which only- I'm fine with, but just like straight up calling it like pig scapula. It's like, how is that food? <laughs> I mean, they eat far weirder things. I wouldn't judge too much. This is like a low level on their weirdness scale. But it's very, very common in Bavaria. It's I mean, it's like pig scapula meatloaf-ish, and it's often served- You're kind of not selling it still, just want to say. I- mm, There's not really a way to sell it. Like, you like pork? is good. You like potato balls? It comes with two. And it often comes with like a kale that's been cooked in like a cream sauce. It's very delicious. But that brings us to the next recommendation on the list. And so I did get a bunch of other recommendations, but these are um, the, uh, <laughs> these are some of the finer points. So after that recommendation from one of my jo- German coworkers, one of my coworkers from Spain replied, well, my recommendation is that get anything in Spain because literally anything in Spain is better than German food. Shots fired, Alberto. So German food, as you may have gathered, sometimes does not come across as the most appealing, especially on paper. So, which is why it's really funny when my coworker Ariana said that we should try this Bavarian dish because it's delicious. And our other coworker Alberto replied with, wait, I want to get this verbatim because I quite enjoyed it. Uh, his recommendation for Spain is anything. Anything is better in Spain than Germany. <laughs> That'd be some fighting words right there, I think. Yeah. If suddenly there's a rift in our department, I'll know it was because I started a fight over food. Sadly, not a food fight, though. Well, it is, but not what you're thinking. (laughs) So, uh, according to Alberto, you don't have to have just the paella. Literally anything there is better. The hot dogs are better in Spain. Mmm, this bag of Cheetos is better. The broccoli is better in Spain. You know what's surprising that I learned the other day? There, somehow, Spain has Taco Bell chains. What? Which I know that Spain and Taco Bell are, I mean, allegedly Taco Bell is quote unquote Mexican food, not Spanish food. Okay, nope. It's American. Well, no, I know. I'm, I know that that's not the same, but what they're aiming for is Mexican flavors, not Spanish. Spanish flavors, yeah. But I feel like people in Spain know better. <laughs> At least I would have thought so. Maybe Spain just wants a little Mexican flavor. But I know they know that's not what it is. So yeah, eat the food in Spain. Maybe not the Taco Bell, but the rest. Tell them Alberto sent you. Just show up to Spain, go to Taco Bell and say, hey, Alberto said this is the best. Dazzle me. They're like, my friend Alberto sent you? And they'd be like, and he told you to come here of all the places? (laughs) Okay. How do you know my cousin? Here's your your quesadilla, your Crunchwrap Supreme, and your Baja Blast. Ooh, Baja Blast. It's the name of the flavor and what it does. That's just Taco Bell. That just helps. Should we do one more recommendations from your coworkers? Sure. Hmm. Guatemala or Czech Republic or Slovakia? Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Guatemala because I think this one is really interesting. The others look delicious and this one looks interesting. 
So uh, my coworker from Guatemala, whose name is Maria, she suggested that if you visit Guatemala, you need to try fiambre, which is a salad made of whatever. Essentially, the idea behind the dish is that on Day of the Dead, you go to the cemeteries and present your deceased loved ones with their favorite things from when they were alive. And over time, that evolved into a salad, mixing all of these ingredients together. And so every family has their own version of it, their own recipe, but they generally include sausages, cold cuts, pickled baby corn, onion, beets, flour, uh, pacaya flour. I don't know what that is, but I assume it's an edible flour. Uh, It includes cheeses, olives, chicken, and sometimes Brussels sprouts, but they're arranged really artfully. So things will be like cut in pretty ways so that they're decorative and then they're layered and they just look very festival with very festival. They look very festive with bright colors and uh, the tradition is you bring it to the cemetery, you present it to your loved ones, and then you share it with other families who are also there visiting their loved ones for Day of the Dead. Huh, interesting. Yeah, definitely Google it because it's one of those things where I looked at pictures and I went, I don't know that I'd be able to identify it. this. Like it, uh, what? Well, every single dish, every single picture looked differently because everyone's includes different ingredients and different arrangements and different like decorative elements. So if someone said, is this the salad you were talking about? I'd go, it could be, but they're all really pretty. They're just all very unique and special and designed to fit the family and the people who they're celebrating. So Google it, look at the pictures. And then fun fact, the pacaya flower comes from a pacaya palm. And apparently they're delicate. The the immature male inflorescences of the plant are considered a delicacy. And unopened, it looks like an ear of corn in appearance and size. Interesting. Which I don't have a picture of it. It comes from a palm tree. Oh, wait, is that a picture of it? I just kind of look like an ear of corn. I just Googled it. And I think when it's closed, it looks like an ear of corn. When it's open, it kind of looks like if someone had made a broom out of udon noodles. Yeah. So it's like a bunch of yellow udon noodles coming off of a single stem, but not at all a branch of udon noodles because it's a flower. So yeah, those are just a few of the wonderful, wonderful foods out in the world. Try them all. What's the worst that could happen? I mean- You don't like something, oh well. You like something and you will suffer for the rest of your life because you will never be able to find it the exact same way at home. At home. But go back to that place. (laughs) Yeah, just go back. It's worth Mm -hmm. it. Always. Always, always. And now I'm hungry. I'm not. I ate before we started. Um, But so this leads us to our tip of the week. And I've got two for you. Oh, no. (laughs) This week is a twofer. Uh, Number one. Before you travel, Google destination plus famous for food item. Find out what the location is famous for. What do the locals like? What is their typical dish? And then have it. Usually you can find like somewhere they're like, hey, we do this sort of hot dog. It, it <laughs> happens more often than you probably think. Try them. It's good. As a non-hot dog person. hot dog? Good. I'm not a hot dog person, so that's not necessarily high on my list. But party pooper. Tip of the two. <laughs> 
Tip number two. Wow. I swear I haven't had more than a third of this drink. She downed it. She just chugged it all while I was talking. And uh, we can tell now. Tip number two is play vending machine roulette. Go up to a vending machine, put some change in, try something you've never heard of before. Yeah, it's junk food. I mean, vending machine is not exactly the highest nutrition quality, but it's fun. And it gives you something to do when you're stuck in an airport and you don't have anything better to do. And you got some change that you need to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. Two birds, one stone. How the old saying goes, you can't take it with you. (laughs) And if you can take it with you, it's not going to be useful wherever you're going next. Yeah. Stop giving the guy in the hat to the wrong country. And that's a reference to another episode. Go back and listen to all of them to figure out what that means. Yay! (laughs) Full circle! All right. Well, Sarah is now distracted by her dog. Hello, Moose. Um, I think that wraps us up for this week. Join us next week where I think we're going to talk about holiday stuff for travel. Yeah, wintry destinations. So yeah. Hey, look at us being uh, a little little planning ahead going on. It's like oh, we know what we're doing. Oh no. Speaking of planning oh ahead, we just wanted to let you guys know in advance that we are going to be taking a little bit of time off at Christmas because I will be traveling. Melinda will be doing holiday stuff. Just generally we're going to be a little little bit busy but we will come back in january with new episodes and there's more between now and then but we just want to give you a little heads up it's it's gonna be a little bit it's gonna be a little bit lonely in december not quite as much content for you because life happens at the speed of light in december yes but we'll be back to dazzle your earballs yeah and you can if you really really miss us that would be a good opportunity to go back listen to old episodes comment rate and review send us what you think about certain topics because you know there's always room to expand on different things we are always wanting to interact and talk with you guys just be kind I don't know. Don't make Sarah cry. That's my job. This is true. It is on her resume. She even put it on her business Mm. cards. Yep. I'm pretty proud of it. What can I say? But yeah, Uh, join us next week for some more um, fallish, mostly winter uh, travel ideas and thoughts. Remember, it's an adventure. So try some new food. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Okay. Bye. Bye. Moose, say bye. No? Okay. Nope. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under c to unknown That's S-E-A-T-O unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!